Sacred Space. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. Uh, so my name is John Keeley, still joined in the Commissary Studio here in Ireland by Lorraine Buckley, and, and Shane is with us uh, still on the other end of the Skype line. And this is the time of the year when we review what happened last year. Uh, we have our patron saints, I believe Shane's got a few shocks for us coming up. And also, I think Shane said you're going to do a little bit of crystal ball gazing into 2018. How are you going to fit all that in in about 20 minutes? I don't know. But anyway, off you go. Who said anything about 20 minutes? I was thinking I'd go take the rest of the program. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> right, okay. So as people know, each year on the program, we do personal blog, uh, personal saints of the year. So this is a monastic tradition where you would be given a saint as a patron saint for the coming 12 months. Mm-hmm. So last year, um, I had a guy called St. Dunstan, and I'm afraid myself and St. Dunstan didn't really um, have that much to do with each other for the 12 months. <laughs> And my patron saint for the next 12 months is actually going to be St. Lucy. And Lucy is, um, Lucy, St. Lucy or St. Lucia is one of the early Christian martyrs associated with the Diocletian persecution. And she has been venerated as a saint of the church since the early 200s. And she is one of the, one of the eight women mentioned in the canon of Eucharistic prayer number one in the canon of the mass. And her feast day is the 13th of December. So, guys, who did you get? Well, just before you go on there, if you happen to be in Kappa Church, there's a beautiful stained glass um, image of St. Lucy in Kappa Church. Ah. Yes, indeed. Because yeah, yeah. we, we were wondering for a while who she was earlier on, many, many, many years ago. Um, but then she was pictured with a dish with her eyes in the dish. Oh. Yes, because she was supposed to sacrifice her eyes during the during her uh, martyrdom. Exactly. So that kind of narrowed it down for us. You do pick them, Shane. <laughs> anyway. Well, now this was not. This was picked randomly for her. <laughs> of course. And yeah. yeah, and it randomly being the word. Anyway, uh, I have patron saints for 2018. John Paul II. Now, All right. John Paul, Pope John Paul, uh, of course, as we know, he was Pope from 1978 to 2005, called by some uh, Saint John Paul the Great by some Catholics. He died in 2005. Um, his feast day is the 22nd of October. Um, he was beatified, actually, on the 1st of November 2011, and in fact, in that particular uh, day, there was a second healing apparently took place uh, with a person from Costa Rica, a healing of a woman, and um, he was canonized on the 27th of April 2014. And you also had a go at um, the patron saints for 2018. Who did you get? It's St. Thomas an English martyr. St. Thomas Beckett. Uh, St. Thomas Beckett, he was murdered in 1170, he became a saint in 1173. Um, he was born in England. He was Archbishop of Canterbury from 1162 to his murder, actually, in 1170 by King Henry II's knights. The king had ordered his murder by for refusing to give the monarchy power over the church. Becker's death made him into a martyr to followers of the Catholic Church. And Pope Alexander canonised him um, in 1173. They, they, they certainly canonised people much sooner <coughs> in those days than they did. And uh, he's a patron saint of Catholic clergy, apparently. Now, talking about junkets and all that, Shane, um, and decided now, uh, after looking at Canterbury, oh, where's that? Oh, that's in England. And, oh, that'd be nice to go over and have a look at that. So it looks like sometime during the year we'll be paying a visit. We'll be paying a visit to Canterbury and we'll see what we can dig up and maybe bring back to the programme. 
Okay. Lorraine, what did you who did you get? Well, last year I had Saint John Chrysostom, and this year I have a very, very beautiful and incredible female saint, Saint Catherine of Siena, who is also a doctor of the church. Saint Catherine was born during the outbreak of a plague in Siena, in Italy, on the twenty fifth of March of thirteen forty seven. Now she was the twenty fifth child born to her mother although half her brothers and sisters did not survive childhood, as you can imagine, during Mm. that time. Mm. Catherine herself was a twin, but her sister also didn't survive infancy. Now, Catherine was a very beautiful woman, and her parents wanted her to marry well, but she felt the call to religious life. But despite her religious nature, she didn't choose to enter a convent. Instead, she joined the Third Order of St. Dominic, which allowed her to associate with a religious society while living at home. Now, something changed uh, her when she was 21. She described an experience she referred to as her mystical marriage to Christ. And there are debates over whether or not St. Catherine was given a ring, with some claiming she was given a bejeweled ring and others claiming the ring uh, was something else. St. Catherine herself started the rumour in her writings, but she was known to often claim that the ring itself was invisible. Now, she was also claimed to have um, received the stigmata again, which was only visible to herself. She was an incredible woman. She visited hospitals and homes. From 1375 onwards, she began writing letters, dictating letters to scribes. She petitioned for peace and was instrumental in persuading the Pope in Avignon to return to Rome. By the age of 33, she had become ill, and a lot of people think that was due to her habit of extreme fasting. In fact, her confessor, St. Raymond, ordered her to eat, but she replied that she found it difficult to do so and that possibly she was ill. She died on the 29th of April in 1380, and St. Catherine's feast day is the 29th of April. She's the patroness against fire illness. She's the patroness of the United States, of Italy. She's a patroness of uh, people who have suffered from miscarriages, people ridiculed for their faith, a patron saint against sexual temptation, and she's a patron saint of nurses. Very comprehensive. Uh, Shane, maybe um, you might enlighten us to, as to who the patron saint is for the blog this year. I don't have a drum roll available, so <laughs> do the All best right, you can. Right. That's fair enough. So our patron saint for the blog for 2018 is St. Justin Barter. Uh, he is an apologist and early saint of the church, died in uh, 165 AD, suffered martyrdom in Rome, Associated with Asia Minor and in particular with Syria, <clears throat> uh, he was the son of uh, his, pa- his parents were pagan. He eventually converted to Christianity, and he wrote and defended the faith. And his writings have been to us in the modern day. <laughs> so that is our patron saint of the blog for 2018. That's Saint Justin, did you say? Saint Justin. Saint Martyr. Justin Martyr. Okay, <laughs> Justin, madam. Okay, so hopefully this year we'll try and do a little bit better than last year. We'll try and make a bit more connection with our patron saints. And listen to maybe the advice that they're trying to pass on to us. Shane, you also said now you're going to review 2017. So off you go. Where, where would you like to start? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, what we normally do on the program at <clears throat> this time of the year is we do a year in review. And you know the way uh, with newspapers and the, 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 the online, or not online, but you know the radio and the television mm-hmm. do a review of the year that has passed. So they did their reviews of 2017, so we're going to do ours. 
So looking back at 2017, um, we crossed a number and looked at a number of different ways. We looked at events that happened and kind of headlines that happened from a kind of a church perspective or a faith perspective. And then we'll have a quick look through and see if we could make any predictions for 2018. So, <clears throat> looking at 2017, we'll do a quick run-through, because we only have a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So, one of, I suppose one of the main things from a church perspective in, in January 2017 was the bishops, the Irish bishops, made their ad limina, apostol, uh, ad limina visits to Rome. Mm. And these are the visits of the bishops to Rome and to the Curia, just to check in, to give a report and accounting of what they do, as well as it being a pilgrimage to the tombs of the martyrs. And um, that happened in January 2017. The interesting thing that happened in January 2017 was Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg uh, came out and said religion was important to him. Now, this made news because, obviously, he is Mr. Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tweeted, or not tweeted, he, he posted it on his Facebook page. And it was also in contradiction to something he said a couple of years earlier where he said faith wasn't really important at all. So that was an interesting one. <clears throat> then in February... Um, I suppose one of the main things that happened in February from a a national perspective was the death of Cardinal Desmond Connell, the former Archbishop of Dublin. I think think it would be fair to say Des Connell um, was definitely a man that would probably have been happier if he had stayed lecturing in philosophy in UCD. Mm -hmm. And whether or not his appointment as a bishop was good for him and good for the church, I suppose we will leave for historians to decide. Obviously, at the end of his time as Archbishop, there was a lot of controversy over the handling of the sexual abuse cases in Dublin. And But it was sad. He was a cardinal of the church, and it was sad in one respect that his funeral was in the pro-cathedral in Dublin, and there was no representative of the state present uh, from either the presidents, the teacher's office, members of the houses of the Oireachtas, or even the Lord Mayor of Dublin City which was in stark contrast to his arrival back in Dublin Airport after he was receiving his Cardinal's Beretta, um, where he was greeted by the Dintichic of the day, Bertie Ahern. Um, you know, at the end of the day, he was a national figure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you cannot just sum him up by the failures of his time as the Archbishop of Dublin. Of course, March also led us on to another Episcopal death. And again, another one. I often like to think what this man and Desert Connell would be chatting about above at the Pearly Gates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I say it would make an interesting conversation. And that, of course, was the death of Bishop Eamon Casey. Of course, former Bishop of Galway, former Bishop of Kerry, and who, of course, in 1992, there was the scandal of the revelation that he had a child, Peter, by Annie Murphy. And the whole debacle that happened around that time, he's fleeing to the States and on to doing missionary work in South America for a number of years, and the hurt and pain that that caused for so many people. Of course, he returned home a, couple of, a number of years ago, and unfortunately, in his final years, he had did suffer from dementia. So he, did, he died in March 2017. Now, March 2017 also saw the resignation of Mary Collins from the Papal Commission for the Protection of, of, of Children. Mm. Mary Collins course, is a renowned um, campaigner for trial protection, particularly in the context of church events and church situations. And she resigned from the paper commission, citing uh, lack of uh, support and follow-up, particularly within the Curia in Rome. Uh, so that's, that, that was she, she resigned in March 2017. April was the first of the Pope's trips or one of the Pope's trips overseas with the visit to Egypt and in particular to Cairo. Um, it was a questionable visit in the tense, we weren't sure whether or not it was going to happen literally up to the week beforehand because there had been suicide attacks on Coptic Christians and unfortunately 
those suicide attacks against the Coptic Christians continued right up to the end of 2017, uh, with 70 people being killed in December. It was an interesting one because Pope Francis met with quite a number of religious leaders, and in particular Muslim leaders, and he led a call for all religions to reject violence, uh, which is carried out in the so-called name of religion. So that was his contribution there, and of course, as well as that, just the fact that Coptics and Catholics had a, uh, are, are reconciling to a certain degree. Uh, the Coptic Church is one of what's called the non-Chalcedon churches, so we've been separated them since about 450 AD, and uh, there was a declaration signed with, uh, when Francis was there from a reconciling from a theological point of view, but we still have our differences. And the Copts are actually, many would say, they are the original Egyptians uh, in Egypt, but they're only about 10% of the overall population. Then moving on to May. May, of course, was a busy month because, of course, May was the papal visit to Portugal. Mm. And the reason for the papal visit to Portugal, of course, was the 100th anniversary of uh, the apparitions at Fatima. And, of course, while he was there, Pope Francis... Uh, canonized the seers of Fatima, Jacinta and Francesco. Uh, so that was that was an interesting visit. Of course, being the hundred anniversary of um, being the hundred anniversary of uh, the, uh, of the apparition. And mm-hmm. um, obviously, there was a whole other things going on during the year. So unofficially, if you like, 2017 was the year of of Fatima. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in terms of uh, May, or sorry, June, we're up to June already, which is not too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, from a national perspective, there was the controversy about the National Maternity Hospital in Dublin, and of course the involvement of the Sisters of Charity in the running of the National Maternity Hospital, which resulted in them saying that they were going to withdraw from active involvement in the running of St. Vincent's Hospital. Uh, we also, of course, at a national level, had our first Jesuit bis- bishop appointed, uh, to the diocese of it's one of the I think it's Raffo. Um Yes, it's Raffo. it's one of the it's the yes it's Raffo, which is one of the Donegal dioceses. So it's the first Jesuit bishop that we had in Ireland, and then as well as that, from a diocesan perspective, June was the month of the death of Father Jack Finucane, who was one of the founders of Concern, and he died in June 2017. So now, moving, so we're halfway there, John, so that's You do well. Yeah, so then in July, um, from a diocesan perspective, we had the visit of Cardinal Showburn to, to Mary Immaculate College and his talk on the papal encyclical Amoris Laetitia. And then, obviously, at the global level, July, of course, saw the sad um, events surrounding the death of the child Char- uh, Charlie Gard case. This was the baby whose parents... Uh, fought in the courts in the UK for him to be kept alive mm. for as long as possible and to seek alternative treatments before he eventually um, he, he eventually died. Um, August, at the national level, we saw the launch in Knock on August 22nd for, of course, the World Meeting of Families in 2018. And that was the mass where the icon was blessed and consecrated by Archbishop Dermot Martin. And, of course, that has been doing the rounds. And in Limerick, it was in Limerick in December 2017 that the icon came to visit. And, of course, we had it for three days in Newcastle West as well. We did. Hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Then um, September was interesting because at the national level, we had the new papal nuncio presenting his credentials. And for those that can't remember who the blazes is in the, is the papal <laughs> nuncio, his name is Jude Tadius Okolo, and he is Nigerian. 
so he's an interesting chap. Uh, has a connection, as far as I'm aware, with the Kiltegan Fathers, as uh, uh, as they, I think, uh, were the parish where he grew up. I stand open to correction on that one, though, but as far as I'm aware, there is a connection mm-hmm. there. So he presented his, potential, his official credentials to Pope, Pope so President Higgins in September. And then, as well as that, in September, from a papal point of view, we had the publication of the Motu Proporio, Magnum Principium, which deals with the translation of liturgical text and Pope Francis's efforts to put the responsibility for the approval of liturgical texts back with the National Bishops' Conferences. Now, there were great hopes at the time that this might mean another uh, translation of the Mass and the Missal, but generally the consensus is for the moment that while bishops accept that the translation we have at the moment is probably not ideal, there is no plans to revise it again in the immediate future. However, the other liturgical books are still undergoing translation, so the next big publication from a translation point of view will probably be the breviary or the liturgy of the hours. So, <clears throat> then in October, now October was a busy month, John. I see. Mm. A couple of things on the Pope's calendar that month. So it was the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, and so the Pope uh, made a trip to Sweden, I think. Then on October 26th, he had he decided he'd make a phone call to the International Space Station. Oh, and I would actually say to people, if you are online, it is well worth Googling to see if you can find the video or the text, the, the trans, what do you call it, the, the transcript of the conversation that he had with the International Space Station and with the astronauts. It's well worth a read. Um, as well as that, then, he uh, at a, a conference or a talk he gave at the FAO in, in Rome for World Food Day, the Pope called out and made the request that we stop treating hunger as an incurable disease, as there is enough food for everybody in the world. So it was a very strong talk that he gave at the FAO in Rome. And finally, in October, Pope Francis um, once more brought up the issue of the death penalty. And in particular, he made the point that for Roman Catholics, and you know, the, because of our understanding of the value of human life, that there was no role uh, in, for, the, for the death penalty in a judicial system. And it was in the context of the anniversary of the publication of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, where he noted that, that potentially the Catechism needed to be updated in this regard because the catechism does allow uh, the death penalty in extreme circumstances and under very limited conditions, which has been kind of the, the, the development of doctrine over the numbers of years. Finally, John, two last things just to round out. Mm-hmm. In November, uh, a survey was done, that, uh, a European survey was done, which found that Ireland is still remarkably religious. Mm-hmm. That's something that we would probably hear very often, depending on the media. Yep. But the report was that 37% of people attend religious services once a week. Now, 37% doesn't sound like a whole lot. But in the context of the European, our European neighbours, or in the context of the States, or in England in particular, it's quite a healthy figure. Um, so it's not too bad. And then finally, uh, December saw the papal visit, of course, to Burma and Bangladesh and dealing with the whole Rohingya issue, uh, which saw the Rohingya minority fleeing across the border into Bangladesh. And we also had the death of Cardinal Law in Rome. Now, people might be saying, well, who was Cardinal Law? Cardinal Law was the former Archbishop of Boston, and he had to step down in 2005 after the whole controversy blew up in the United States of America over the handling of sex abuse cases. Uh, he resigned from the Archbishopric of New York, of Boston, 
and was brought to Rome. He was appointed Archpriest of the Basilica of uh, Mary Major, uh, which caused a lot of controversy. People thought it was actually un, it wasn't um, Rome wasn't showing enough due care about the whole issue <clears throat> and how he handled things. And he also his funeral caused a degree of controversy as well because people were saying, well, why should the Pope uh, pray the prayers of commendation at the end of a funeral for Cardinal Law, given what happened? And the Vatican was made the point that Cardinal Law was a resident cardinal in Rome, and as per tradition, the Pope, for all cardinals, uh, does the final commendation. And the reminder to us that when we die, we do not pass judgment on a person who's died. We wait in, in we wait to see God's judgment on anyone within and ask for God's mercy. So, John, that was a quick run through of 2017. Well, Don Shane, now just to let you get your your breath back, and we've only got just a few minutes left for this uh, for this section. But I just <coughs> wanted to remind people that just you know, just a few of the um, programs we, we we were able to record last year. Back in January, we spoke with Connor O'Donoghue and the Legion of Mary. One of my favourite programmes there last year, actually, was with Mike Cullity. And Mike joined us to go through the Old and New Testament. Uh, in June, Father Frank Duick joined us here for the Holy Spirit. Give us a, uh, give us a, a beautiful reflection on the Holy Spirit. And also Father Brian Shawtall, Shane. You remember? He yeah. gave us that lovely little chat there, tired of all the bad news. That was one of my favourite interviews from 2017, I have to say. And, of course, a very important one last year, in July... Geraldine and our Geraldine Creighton and of course Lorraine gave us lovely, lovely reflection on prayer. That happened in July, and right at the end, um, there's a load now that I'm missing out. But right at the end, we all will of course remember that lovely reflection that Mary Creighton gave us on Christmas Day. Um, beautiful. It's it, it's taken so many hits, all about pro life and so on and so forth. But in the meantime, Shane, you got about two minutes just to wrap up this particular section, please. Sure. Now, John, just a quick wrap-up, or not so much a wrap-up, but actually a bit of um, crystal ball-gazing for 2018. Mm-hmm. So, Pope Francis obviously has a busy schedule already lined up in terms of papal visits. Currently, he's in Chile and Peru. Um, there is a planned visit to Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. Of course, the big question and confirmation that we are waiting for here in Ireland is whether or not he is actually going to attend the World Meeting of Families in Dublin in August. Mm-hmm. Of that official announcement has not actually been made yet. It's due in the next couple of weeks. And then, of course, there is a question mark whether or not he will actually go to India this year. In October, we have the Senate of Bishops, and the conversation will be on the youth and their youth in the church, intergenerational issues, and the passing of faith. There is the, the preparations will begin for the 2019 Special Synod on Amazonia. And one of the big questions which will come out of that is whether or not Pope Francis is going to allow permission for the ordination of married men to the priesthood, uh, which is one of the questions that is that is there, um, particularly given the context in the Amazon and the, 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 the number of priests to the overall Christian population that's there. Uh, of course, in June, there will be a consistory. There are currently six vacancies in the College of Cardinals, which elects the Pope, among other things. And of course, with the death of Desmond Connell in 2017, the question will arise as to whether or not we will get an Irish red hat this year. My view is probably we won't, um, because uh, Sean Brady is very much still alive and well, although he is uh, almost, I think he is 80 actually, and is excluded from voting in any consistories. But given Francis's um, push, uh, you know, preference to awarding red hats to the periphery, um, it's, you know, I, you know, we may get it, we may not get it. 
knowing Pope Francis, he could turn around and decide, oh, do you know what? I'll give it to the Bishop of Limerick. <laughs> Anything's <laughs> possible. <laughs> um, obviously, on the uh, from looking at the college, uh, the, not the college, the conference of bishops in Ireland, we currently have uh, two, three, four, six, uh, well, two vacancies. Uh, that's in Aconry, which is up in Roscommon, Mayo, and Sligo, and in the Diocese of Clogher, which is Tyrone. And we have three bishops over the age of 75. That's John Kirby in Clonfert, which is Galway and Roscommon. Uh, John Buckley, who is, of course, the Bishop of Cork and Ross. And Michael Smith, who is the Bishop of Mead. So all of them will have submitted their resignation letters to the, pa- to the Pope. And we'll be waiting to see whether or not their successors are appointed in 2018. And then, of course, looking just quickly, John, last couple of things just to keep people an eye out. Obviously, there will be the whole question of the involvement of the bishops and the role of Catholics in Ireland in the forthcoming referendum on repealing the Eighth Amendment. There is obviously, it's going to be a historic year because it's the 15th anniversary of the publication of Humanae Vitae by Pope Paul VI. Um, So that was published in 1968. So there will be the whole discussion about that particular encyclical and whether or not there are concerns that there is going to be a revision of the teaching. Um, then there's also the question mark of whether or not there is going to be the canonization of Paul VI. Uh, there is a report that a second miracle has been approved, so potentially he could be canonized in 2018. And that is kind of, John, the main things to keep an eye out for. Shane, in all fairness to you now, getting through that in about 25 minutes was very good. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> we'll have to go for a bit of music, though, and then go for a break. So this, at this stage, we'll go for a bit of music. It's, it's, I now want to play um, Come Now is a Time to Worship by uh, Brian Gertstein. And let's see this.
Sacred Space.